Welcome to First Unitarian Society of Minneapolis, the birthplace of Congregational Humanism. We carry on that tradition of free thought today, dedicated to promoting a free search for truth, meaning, and justice. Our web address is firstunitarian.org. I'm David Breeden, Senior Minister. Welcome. Well, back in the year 2000, the American writer Bell Hooks wrote this. I feel our nation is turning away from love, moving into a wilderness of spirit, so intense we may never find our way home again. I write of love to bear witness both to the danger in this movement and to call for a return to love. Further, she writes, we do not have to love, we choose to love. When we understand love as the will to nurture our own and another's spiritual growth, it becomes clear that we cannot claim to love if we are hurtful and abusive. Love and abuse cannot coexist. End quote. That's what I want to talk about today. Our theme for the month of November, as, as Rev. Kelly mentioned, is change. And thanks so much, Amos, for thinking about the change in music. Uh, since I don't know anything about music, it's really cool to learn something like that. I've been talking about change not only as inevitable, but as Heraclitus taught, it's actually our only constant. Change is everywhere from Yes, our climate, to our political world, to the nation's spiritual malaise, to our personal relationships in our own bodies and the bodies of those we love. As creatures capable of strategizing and planning, and as people who believe that human beings can fix human problems, the work for every one of us is to minimize the damage and maximize the love. We can choose to despair, or we can learn to embrace the fact that change will happen, and then always we return to love. To repeat those words of Bell Hooks, who saw us as a nation, quote, moving into a wilderness of spirit, so intense we may never find our way home again, she wrote. I write of love to bear witness both to the danger in this movement and to call for a return to love, change, and love. By the way, the title of my talk today comes from the author who calls himself Lemony Snicket. Love can change a person the way a parent can change a baby, awkwardly and often with a great deal of mess. You may recognize yourself in that statement. U.S. Army strategists invented the acronym VUCA, V-U-C-A, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. That acronym has become popular also among business consultants. Now, clearly the Army strategists who coined the term thought that some situations are more VUCA than other situations. Now, in war scenarios, that might be uh, the case, and maybe also in business, but in life, both personal and in social life, I will agree with Heraclitus 
The situation, the human situation is always volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Uh, you know, the Army also invented the uh, little acronym SNAFU. Uh, I want to talk about another acronym that I made up because I don't want to be left out here. I just invented SNEB, S-N-E-B, Situation Normal, Everything's Burning. Always. Now, I agree with the late Bill Hooks. What we have here is a failure to love. What we have here is a failure. And yes, uh, in American movies, you can't talk about, a, you know, they, they're guys, right? They can't do that. But yes, they had a failure to love there as well. We have a failure in our country to love. And as Cornell West put it, justice is what love looks like in public. He's right about that as well. As Bell Hooks saw coming, this nation is now in the throes, I would say, of a love crisis, which is a spiritual crisis. Our present situation can maybe turn out a couple of different ways. We have already entered a period of social retrenchment. Hard-won freedoms are being taken away. Thugs are emboldened to maim and kill people for who they are, and the processes of liberal democracy are being questioned. Justice is what love looks like in public. How do we Unitarian Universalists and Humanists, a tiny band of liberal folks, how do we affect the direction of a nation in this VUCA time, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, and the SNEB time, situation normal, everything's burning? And we're a small group and maybe getting a little bit smaller uh, since the pandemic occurred, something over 50 UU congregations have closed their doors permanently. The situation is VUCA and SNEB. But our liberal tradition has the resources to reverse the trend, I believe. I've talked a lot about the thought of the 20th century pragmatist philosopher John Dewey. He and Bell Hooks, I think, would have had a great conversation had they ever met. And Dewey said this, democracy is a form of government only because it is a form of moral and spiritual association. Moral and spiritual association. Getting together. Dewey saw democracy as a moral argument. According to Dewey, and I think he's correct about this, were democracy only a political argument perhaps other forms of government would be just as good to represent the governed, maybe. Yet, from a moral sense, democracy is key to human flourishing because democracy begins in an assumption of an individual with inherent rights and responsibilities embedded in a societal framework which also has rights and responsibilities. Those are debatable and debated. That's what democracy is about. This framework works due to conversations about moral and spiritual associating and what democracy 
requires. Democracy is also a method of congregating, as George mentioned this morning. And it's a hard-won way to do what we do. Now, as many of you know, I spoke uh, last Sunday morning in uh, Boston, First Church of Boston. That church was founded in 1630. That's a while back. In the Boston of those days, anyone who did not attend this particular Puritan church on Sunday morning was fined for failing in their religious duties. Now, just think about that a moment. Wouldn't it be nice if we still did that? We send cops door to door and ticket everyone who doesn't bother to come to church this morning. No, it wouldn't be nice. It wasn't nice in 1630, and it's not nice nowadays. Bell Hooks gets it right. Force is not the way to engender love. Force is not the way to address our deep national spiritual crisis. So reflect on that a moment. The Massachusetts Bay Colony, where Boston was, was a revolt against the theocracy of the British Empire. Many then revolted against the theocracy that was the Massachusetts Bay Colony. A few weeks ago, I talked about Anne Hutchinson, who revealed the Puritans to be puritanical, right? And the, the Quaker Mary Dyer hanged on Boston Common by the Puritans being puritanical. They marched her to the hanging tree surrounded by beating drums so that no one could hear her speaking. That's how dangerous theocracy considers ideas. Now, that was a cold and brutal theocracy. Yet, just as theocracy has again and again been the project of Christians in this nation, it has also failed over and over again. Religious rebellion is in the DNA of Americans, and so is religious and philosophical variety and plenitude. Freedom of speech, the practice of democracy, these we believe in and these are in our DNA. In this VUCA time, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, and in this snebby time, situation normal, everything's burning, We are here to stand for those words that John Dewey wrote. Democracy is a form of government only because it is a form of moral and spiritual association. Moral and spiritual getting together. But yes, democracy is also slow and messy, and some people object to that. The Unitarian Universalists and we humanists exist as traditions because of democracy. Why? Well, since we've long been on the heretical margins, we depend upon the facts of freedom. We have to have them because everyone would like to impose their own creeds and dogmas on people like us. Today, as more and more people are voting with their feet and leaving all forms of organized public religion, as I see it, our heretical traditions are more important than ever, exactly because our traditions have been practicing how to live moral, 
spiritual, democratic, and secular lives for a very, very long time. I must have gotten too excited. Fortunately, that didn't catch fire. It's some kind of thing for me. We know how to be heretical, and we know how to practice democracy. That's what we do. As all American religious institutions suffer losses of members, I frankly can't help seeing this moment in our nation's history as a marvelous and wondrous and very cool thing. Because, as theologians, philosophers, and anthropologists have been pointing out for years now, in the Western world, by which I mean Europe and its many colonies, such as the US, we have developed a very extremely weird idea about what religion is. I've talked about the origins of this oddity before. Fact is, what we call the Reformation, which began that split between the dominant Roman Catholic Church and all those Protestantisms that uh, then cropped up, the Reformation introduced extreme doubt into the minds of many Europeans. As the fractures turned into chasms, various strains of Protestantism just kept splintering and splintering. And doubt just kept growing and growing and growing. It even resulted in humanism. The resulting wars of religion in Europe killed, starved, and displaced hundreds of millions of people, eventually spinning off the pilgrims, and the Puritans, and the Presbyterians, and the Lutherans, and all those sorts of Baptists, and also Universalists and Unitarians, those that eventually became humanists in this congregation. Here's what many miss about all that falderall that seems so long ago. It's this. We are still living in it. What came out of the disaster is the notion that something called religion can be separated out from other aspects of life. In order to stop the killing, Europeans began identifying things called religions. Thus, people could say, hey, I'm a Unitarian, please don't kill me. And certain flavors of Christians wouldn't kill you, and other flavors of Christians would kill you. And then, uh, slowly, Europeans and their colonies began to fetishize this thing called religion. This new concept swept through Europe, then Europeans with this new concept of religion uh, as being distinct from other forms of human activity swept across the globe colonizing peoples. When they showed up somewhere they said, and we're Christian, Christianity is the only true religion, what are you? Well, you better convert because obviously you're wrong because we're sweeping the world with Christianity. In comparing, well, yes, those Europeans always decided that their brand of religion was the right and proper one and the other peoples were lacking. What the colonizing Europeans missed and what's easy to miss today is that for most human beings in most places, what we call religion is actually culturally based. It's just another thing that you do because you happen to be from that particular place. You honor your dead in a particular way, you uh, get married in a particular way, and you eat food and dress in particular ways. 
Sure, the peoples on our planet have gotten considerably more homogenized in the last few centuries, but the fetishizing of certain practices as required or prohibited by certain labels we call religion is a still a very odd concept. It worked to stop the European religious wars, but it became its own kind of monstrosity. And if my crystal ball is working properly, that fetishization of what we call religion is what Americans are more and more ignoring with this movement that we call spiritual but not religious, which also is an acronym, by the way, SBNR. So VUCA, SNAB, SBNR, it's all a very large snafu, isn't it? As I see it, Here's the fact. The decline in organized religion is not the decline of the human religious impulse. It's merely a reorientation back to how people have always done religion. Actually, as I see it, as both the Taoist, Lao Tzu, and the Mandalorian would say, this is the way to do religion. Now, don't get me wrong, congregations are not closing down anytime soon, but here's the thing, organized religions are to the human spiritual impulse as restaurants are to human nutrition. I would say, merely a tiny aspect. The restaurant analogy is where congregations fit into the landscape of democracy, religion, and spirituality. It's the nation's future to be different than we are today. Let's face it, at the moment, most denominations in the United States are sustaining a model of religious practice, not innovating models of religious practice. Now, what will innovation look like? Well, of one thing I'm sure, all liberal religious institutions are first and foremost scrambling to figure out what to do next because everything's burning. Thriving is another sort of challenge. But the answer is far more than merely an attempt to keep up with the times. I think we in the United States are currently at the beginnings of a second reformation. In the face of that, traditionalists are working hard to reestablish Christian democracy. That's predictable. Their success can be measured in laws that make no sense outside of Christian thinking. Overturning Roe versus Wade is a perfect example of that. As I said earlier, dreams of theocracy have haunted the American mind since the very beginning of the European invasions of this continent. Those dreams have succeeded in doing real damage over the years. People get hanged, they get shot, they get imprisoned, and they get intimidated into silence. Driving through rural Wisconsin two days ago, I saw a sign nailed to a fence post. God has blessed America, he sent Trump. Now, that's a traditionalist response to this new reformation. That sign in rural Wisconsin perfectly exemplifies the wilderness of spirit so intense we may never find our way home again that Bell Hooks wrote about. As a nation, we have turned away from love. Our job is to return to love, as Bell Hooks is saying beyond the grave. 
We are well suited to this messy task, I believe, because we are iconoclasts. We are heretics. That's our tradition. Many Americans over time have dreamed of establishing a theocracy in this country, but every attempt has failed. And to me, that is a very cool and glorious fact about this nation. Dewey said it, democracy is a form of government only because it's a form of moral and spiritual association. Moral and spiritual getting together. And yes, Lemony Snicket put it well. Love can change a person the way a parent can change a baby, awkwardly and often with a great deal of mess. Yes, we have a mess. Our situation today is messy, but it's also normal. Everything's burning. So, I invite us to love the mess. I invite us to love the change. And let's begin here and now to resettle America. And let's get it right this time. Thanks for listening. You can find much more about humanism and what's happening at First Unitarian Society in Minneapolis by visiting our website at firstunitarian.org.